0: We have got two great preachers, Tanya and Twinkie. And they are going to be uh, finishing off our Be The Difference series. And they're going to be talking about encouragement. Now, I just want to commend both of these young ladies. uh, Tanya in particular will love that. uh, To you, they are passionate about God. And they're passionate about the people of this church. And uh, as they come we want you to give them a huge welcome, and so we're going to invite Tanya to kick us off. So give her a great welcome.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much. What a blessing to have you two here. It was amazing. I'm so glad I brought the waterproof mascara today, <laughs> or I'd be a bit of a mess. I just need to put this up with you Would you mind just putting that up, Andrew? Lovely. So the scripture we're looking at today comes from Colossians 4, 5 to 6. If you want to turn to that, Colossians 4, 5 to 6. And it says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And this just ties in with what Andrew was saying that God's Spirit goes with you everywhere you go. When you leave this place today, His Spirit goes with you into your workplaces, back into your homes, around so many different people that you can impact. I was in the jewelry store this week. So, John, if you could just give Phil some earplugs now, that'd be good. (laughs) No, seriously, my mum had given me some money for my 50th birthday last year and I hadn't spent it and she told me to go and buy a piece of jewellery. So I popped in there and I walked in and I spotted it's this fabulous ring. It was a real sparkler. And I said, oh, I wouldn't mind trying that on. And on the box it said, last chance. And I said to the lady in the store, wow, that's a great chance. And before you knew it, I'd found another box that said "last chance," and then I had six last chances all in front of me. And I'm saying to her, "Wow, people should really look at these last chances." And then, for some strange reason, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to encourage this lady, and I started singing this ridiculous ABBA song: "Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance." You know that one. <laughs> And I'm saying, these chances are fabulous. As I was leaving the store, the lady said, can you come back every day? We have loved having you here. Customers are never this encouraging. People like being around people who encourage. Have you noticed that? You draw people. Encouragement brings life. And I believe encouragement is the language of heaven. Because we are citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens of the kingdom. I found this great statement by Pastor Garrett Kell and it says encouragement is like oxygen in the life of a church. It keeps hearts beating, minds clear and hands inspired to serve. And the more I've researched this topic... I can see how vital encouragement is to each other and to building God's kingdom. I'm not just talking about appearances and commenting on appearances. I believe it goes deeper into bringing encouragement that builds up, that inspires the heart, that impacts people to overcome. And did you know that encouragement is a biblical instruction? I started making a list of encouragements um, scriptures and I got to about 250 and Andrew said, don't show all those. And he even gave me the thumbs down. Um, so I had to pick one. It was really hard. And encourage one another is mentioned repeatedly through the Bible. The scriptures are extensive in both the Old Testament and the New Testament and we're actually instructed to encourage each other every day until the Lord returns. God intended encouragement to be a powerful tool to build each other up and extend the kingdom. We are called to speak this heavenly language of encouragement. And just like you might be um, somewhere and you'll hear someone speaking loudly in a foreign language, you might be somewhere like Bendigo. Has anyone here from Bendigo? Are you from Bendigo? Do you know? I love that about you, Liz. Bendigo is the home of the Chico Roll. Did you know that? Isn't that a great fact? So if you were sitting on a park bench... Do you eat chico rolls, rolls, Liz? Oh, they're delicious. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a snob. I've had a few chico rolls. What about a Gillies pie? Yes. That yet yeah, from Bendigo? Okay, so you're sitting on the park bench, you're eating your Gillies pie, and along comes someone speaking very loudly in Swedish. It just doesn't belong there, does it, Liz? Not in Bendigo. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. And that's the same as the language of heaven, encouragement. It captures people's attention. It attracts people. It's, wow, this is different. This is contrary to this world. This is the language of heaven. And I just want us to really um, get a hold of that today. I've got this amazing quote from this famous pastor who's like a father of the faith, and I love him to bits. And it says, Dollars are the currency of Australia... Euros are the currency of Europe. Encouragement and faith are the currency of the kingdom. You cannot transact kingdom business without it. Pastor John Scott. Isn't that a good one? (laughs) Okay, so encouragement has the power to reshape a person's future. It releases potential in people's lives. It builds the church and extends the kingdom. We need to encourage each other as believers. Jesus, Jesus warns us that we would face many troubles. And that's why our Bibles tell us to encourage each other. It's a biblical instruction. Can you imagine being in a church where there was no encouragement?
2: It'd
1: be pretty miserable, wouldn't it? It's unlikely the church would grow. It's unlikely that people would serve with joy. It's unlikely you'd want to be there. We want to be a church with a culture of encouragement. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. I've got to tell you, I've got people in this church that encourage me every week. That um, say, Tan, you're doing a terrific job. I really loved what we learned at at learning night at worship team. We've got a great culture of encouragement, but we want to keep that going and we want to take that encouragement out into the world with us wherever we are. Encouragement can breathe healing and restoration and hope into situations. We look to Jesus as our ultimate example. Wherever Jesus went, he encouraged people around him. The down and outers, he he would give them words of hope. Peace I give to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, wherever he went. Encouragement was the backbone that supported the early church. The early New Testament church actively encouraged each other with encouraging scriptures to bring hope and comfort to one another. The Apostle Paul's example of encouragement is found in every book that he wrote. He starts with an encouragement and it ends with an encouragement that that should be our model of how we live living this heavenly language of encouragement so how do we use this powerful tool of encouragement well firstly we need to take our eyes off ourselves and have compassion for those around us and we need to prepare to encourage prayerfully and wisely Sometimes it's hard to find encouraging words to speak into situations that might be difficult and it's important to be wise or we can get it wrong. It's times when the Holy Spirit wants us to say nothing and that's why we need Holy Spirit discernment with our encouragements. So who could you encourage today? Pray for God to show you who to encourage is Holy Spirit giving you a, a scripture for that person? Encourage your pastors and leaders. You can never encourage your pastors too much. And we pray that God would create a culture of encouragement in our church. Okay, so let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible inc- um encouraging church that we have, we pray that we would take this powerful tool of encouragement to heart. We know that encouragement breathes life into people's circumstances. It breathes life into the church. Lord, we would ask that we would be that church with a culture of encouragement. Holy Spirit, we ask for wise words to build our relationships with others, to build strength in our marriages, to build strength in our relationship with our children. We ask for encouragement that impacts the lives of others around us in our homes, in our schools, and our workplaces. Father, we ask that our encouragement would bring life and impact people to look to Jesus and build your kingdom. Amen. Thank you. Good. This is my beautiful sister Twinkie. Ha-ha.
2: Good morning, church. It's really a blessing to be here this morning, and it's a blessing to share with you. Coming off from what Tanya says, it is important for us to know that the Word of God is not only something that, we should, be re- that should be read, but it's something that it should, we should walk out and we should live. The Word of God is just not a book, but it's a way of life. And in this book, in this way of life, in this Bible, it has instructed us that we ought to be encouraging. It is not something we're hearing, we're just saying off of our heads what you should do, but it is instructed of each and every one of us to walk in. We need to live a life of encouragement. I for one know how important it is to be encouraged because I have experienced what it is to be discouraged. Some of you may have heard of this story, but I'm going to say it because it's a good story and it's truth. I was not raised in a Christian home. And by that I mean my mom and my dad, we knew that there was a God somewhere, but we had no relationship with him. Growing up, I was labeled mentally retarded. I couldn't read very well. I was not very good at, at, in school, and it was just not going well with me. But I can remember this one instance in a mathematics class. We love mathematics. Oh, yes. My teacher called myself and one of the smartest girls in the class to solve this sum on the board. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea what this sum was. In no time, my friend over there was done. and She was seated. And I was looking at this sum like it was the highest, the biggest mountain that I had to climb. But what happened next is what really changed me. My teacher looked over to me and said, Twinkie, this is why you will never mount up to anything in life. And after she said this, I really took it as truth. You know sometimes when someone says something about you that is not truth, we take it on ourselves like this is true. Especially someone that we look up to like a teacher. Because I'm thinking, if she's the one who ought to push me forward and say, you can do it, go on, yes. If she's the one who ought to encourage me, and she's saying that, mm-hmm, Twinkie, you will not mount up to anything in life because you could not do this sum, She must be true. Because actually, it's my teacher speaking. She knows better. So she must be true. And so I lived my life with this mindset that i would not mount up to anything in life that i was nothing i was labeled mentally retarded and that's who i am but this morning the word of god says to me differently the word of god says to us differently church our words are not just only for ourselves But Jesus Christ has given us a way that we should live and a way that we should speak. The gospel, the good news that Jesus lived out, calls us, invites us, challenges us to walk in the way of encouragement. When we go on reading in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, Paul speaks about having to Put off the old humanity or the old self, like putting off a a coat. But then after you put off, he encourages us to put on our new humanity. Put on Jesus Christ. Put on what the word says. Paul gives us some key choices that how we should live out our lives. And one of these key choices is with our words through encouragement. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, which is my main verse, I'm just going to read it from the King James Version. It's not up there, but it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers." So what is the Apostle Paul telling us this morning He is saying that we ought to put a guard in our tongues. That no corrupt communication should come out of our mouths. Why? Did he just say that because it was something that he just had to say? No, because the implications of this is that it will edify someone. That someone, it would be graceful to the heirs of someone who has. And this is why he is calling us into living a life of speaking encouragement and turning our backs onto corrupt words. Now, what is corrupt words? What it would look like? I know our church is not a people who encourages corrupt words, but I'm not not speaking to anyone in this place. I'm speaking to people outside of the building. But what is corrupt communication looks like? It looks like slandering. It looks like complaining. It looks like gossiping. Hmm. It looks like name-calling. It looks like putting someone else down. Speaking ill or foul. Or putting someone or, or being discouraging to someone else. It's amazing that the word of God doesn't just tell us to stop doing these things. Stop slandering. Stop putting people down. Stop it, stop it. But no. It encourages us to put on something else. Instead of slandering, what do we do? We encourage. Instead of gossiping, what do we do? We pray. Instead of putting each other down, what do we do? We lift each other up with our words. It is an invitation for each and every one of us to partake in. Why is it important that we turn our backs on corrupt words? Because in doing that, in speaking what is truth, in speaking what is light, in speaking what is life, it will be edifying to someone else. I had this redemptive thing in my life. Of course, in my earlier years, I was labeled mentally retarded and I was thinking, oh, I, this is my life. Like nothing good will come from my life. But later on in my high school years, I can remember this one teacher. I will never forget Miss Gillard, beautiful soul. I was in her class and this one morning, she just called me and I was like afraid. I was like, okay, here it goes. I know what she's going to say. There will be another teacher who will tell me that I will mount up to anything. I will not mount up to anything. There is another teacher who will speak down on me and I was preparing myself for it. But she called me out into the veranda and she said, Twinkie, there is so much more that you're capable of. Why are you limiting yourself? There is such a bright future for you. Why are you limiting yourself? I said, what? What did you, like, I could not understand. I was like, what? Did you just say that I was capable of much more? It's almost like she did not see the garbage in me. She pulled out the gold. And that is what God is calling us to do. Instead of we looking at each other and pulling out the garbage, why don't we pull out the gold? Because in doing so, it will edify. It will build up. It will encourage. Let me tell you, when I, when I graduated high school, oh my goodness, it's like what she said was like energy and food for me. I was like, yes, this is who I am. I graduated with honors. I got the principal award. I got the student of the year. They even named an award after me, the spirit of the school. I have no idea what that is, but there was an award, the spirit of the school. I was like, wow. It is that's what, yeah, that's what happens when people call out the gold in other people. It caused them to think of themselves as who they are. Like me, some of you may be sitting here and you have had someone to tell you that you will mount up to nothing. You may have had someone to speak into your life that you are no good. You may have had someone to speak into your life and say, hey, nothing will come out from your future. But let me tell you what the word of God says. Let me speak truth to you. Let me encourage you this morning and let you know that you are wonderful. That you are beautiful. That you are loved. That your future is so bright because it is in the hands of God. That you are not a failure. That you are successful. That everything you put your hand to will prosper. Not because I'm just saying that. But because it is truth and it is because the word of God says it. This is what we ought to do encourage, build up, uplift each other. Yes, this is what God is calling us to. This morning, we are church and we just, we love to apply. We love to apply the word of God, not only it. But this week, I want to challenge us. I want to invite everyone into this challenge. First, I want you to ask yourself for the week, how can I build up someone? How can I encourage someone how can I edify someone? So it's the how and then the who. Who can I build up? Who can I encourage? Who can I edify this week? Like me, it was hard for me to encourage someone else the very first time because I was like, no one encourages me, so why do I have to encourage people? But the word of God has called us to do so. There was one thing that God really taught me. In the mornings, back home, when I enter a bus because we have this—we don't have the long coasters; we just have the mini buses—I would come in and say good morning, everyone, and no one would answer, and I would be upset So I'd be like, "What is this? Like I'm saying good morning, and no one answers." But then the Holy Spirit tells me, "Hey, it is your responsibility to say good morning, not your responsibility to get a respond." We have a responsibility the word of God has given us a responsibility to encourage, to build up and to edify. Let us walk in that light and let us walk in that life because that is what God is calling us into. Let us pray. Father, we just want to say thank you this morning. We thank you because you are so good. We thank you because you are so faithful, my God. Father, here we are as your people. And like the psalmist that David said, that my God that let the words of our hearts, let the words, my God, of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing unto you, my God. Speak to us, minister to us that we will be a people who encourage, like our mouths will be a well of freshness. Whenever we speak, my God, it will edify someone else. It will call out the gold in them and not only the garbage, My God, we thank you. Because you have instructed, and because you have instructed, we want to be obedient to your word and walk in that light. Give us opportunities this week that we can call out the goal, that we can encourage, that we can edify, that we can build up, that we can pull up, my God, someone else in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you and we continue to hope we continue to rely, we continue to hold on to your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Awesome. You should give it up for Twinkie and, and Tanya. We Just before we go, we, we're going to have some food together. They're going to bring that to us here. Uh, we always take a moment just to provide uh, just some space. If uh, somebody has not yet made that choice or that decision to follow Jesus and you want to do that. So why don't you just bow your heads just for about 30 seconds. If you're here and you're saying, hey, I want to uh, follow Jesus. I want to accept Jesus in my heart. I want to experience that peace of God. I don't know all of what that's about, but I know that something's drawing me. If that's you, just wherever you are, why don't you put your, your hand up and we would love to pray with you in this moment awesome thank you jesus lord i thank you for everyone that's here i thank you for these messages of encouragement lord we're declaring our church will be a place of encouragement and lord we are going to step out and we're going to be the ones to make a difference and be the difference in our world and we thank you for that in jesus name amen amen